It is Tuesday, October 24th, I believe. The morning after a dreary loss on Monday Night Football to the Eagles, 34-24. And so far, the podcast recording has been chock full of technical difficulties, so it's really been a good time. Uh, here to join us and commiserate is Matt Terrell from the Washington City Paper. Hey, Terrell. Hey, Jamie. How you doing? I just said how I'm doing. I mean, it's not well. It's not, it's not going well. Well, I, the podcast recording, I will say, has really put me in the proper mindset. It's like I'm back midway through the third quarter of that game last night. Oh, and the Redskins hadn't touched the ball for an hour and had gone from being up 10-3 to down 24-10, to 10, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, right about then. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, skins fall to 3-3. Three and three. Eagles are now like 16-0, and 0, uh, or it, seems, it feels that way. Um we're going to go through offense, defense, special teams, coaching, broadcasting, referees, and overreact to everything. That's what we do, uh, as usual. But the difference today is that we actually are sponsored. The Mr. Relevant Podcast is sponsored by Dustin Fox of Pearson Smith Realty. We're going to go through the whole read because it's a good one. Sometime between offense and defense. So that's a little bit of a spoiler, a little bit of a tease. Not a spoiler. I'm looking forward to it. Um, first, let's start with the offense. Kirk Cousins. What are your overreactions? My overreactions are full pendulum swing back to just I, I, he's just a guy. Um, I, I I'm really I'm really going to go all in on the overreactions thing on this one, which is that it wasn't so much what Cousins did that made me feel this way. It was watching Carson Wentz and, and being like that is someone who is undeniably going to be a star quarterback in the NFL. There's just no doubt. You know, you, you watched him. Some of them were, were big, um, showy plays like the Houdini escape. Um, but, but some of them was just like making the throw when he gets hit, making the throw when he needs to make throw, making long throws, making short throws. It felt like Cousins was, was really solid. He was a really good quarterback. I bet if you put him onto a really good, well-coached, well-run team, uh, he, he, could, he could Alex Smith you – um, or, or Joe Flacco you to a, a Super Bowl. But I just uh, – I no longer think he is worth the big ticket money that he's going to command. That's my overreaction. Yeah, so Wentz had a few plays that were like holy shit plays. Like the third down where – I mean, I, I thought he was sacked. Like I thought the play was over. He was in like a mass of humanity seemingly on the ground and he escaped and ran for the first down. Like that that play was still on replay. I'm I'm not sure how it happened. There were other plays where like he kind of evaded a rush and was getting hit and would just kind of like arm strength a ball to the perfect spot for a completion. Like just remarkable plays. And the comparison to Cousins who was totally unremarkable. Like I don't mean that in like a negative like oh Cousins was bad. It was just like totally you know whatever. Flacco Smith unremarkable quarterback play. And when you're surrounded, I think both quarterbacks were more or less surrounded by unremarkability <laughs> on, on all sides of yeah. the offense. Like neither quarterback has like great receivers, neither quarterback, neither team has a much of a run game, but Wentz was just above and beyond last night. And that was the difference. Right. And so that's where you come down to this idea of how much Cousins is going to cost. And Cousins, uh, you, I'm not talking about dollar value. I don't care. It's not my money. Uh, Dan Snyder has plenty of money. But it is the percentage of the salary cap that Cousins would take up. Um, I just I have trouble believing he's going to be worth it. And let's be clear. We're talking about a guy who completed literally 75 percent of his passes for just over 300 yards and three touchdowns last night. Like there, the, if you have, if you started him on your fantasy football team, you are perfectly happy with Kirk cousins. Uh, but just from a, there was no point where I was like, you know, who's going to win this game for us uh, is Kirk cousins. I just never once thought that throughout the entire game. Uh, the fact that he had a 110 QB rating last night makes me like quite not the QB rating was like the end all be all to begin with, but it just makes me question the validity of that statistic forever. You know, what was his QBR though? Do we know his QBR? I still don't know what QBR is. I mean, why don't we, why don't we just agree on QB rating is like, that's the best we've got. (laughs) It's still, (laughs) it's, it's fallible, but it's not, but it's the best we have. Uh, wins by the way was 126.3 and he tacked on. Uh, 63 rushing yards, leading rusher for both teams. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. That matches the eyeball test. So I guess from that perspective, it's a good stat. Uh, just while we're on rushing, no Redskins running back attempted more than seven runs. Uh, Chris Thompson led all rushers with 38 yards for I don't know how many games in a row. It just feels like there's no rushing attack whatsoever, which is not to be unexpected coming into the year. You thought that might happen, but there was a there's like a mini spurt there, like two games where it seems like that was this team's identity. They were going to like run it down your throat and, you know, there's still, I think, like top 10 in the league and rushing yards per game somehow. But it does not seem like that's an aspect of the office you can uh, you can rely on. Yeah, I assume that part of the part of the problem this time was the injuries to the offensive line. It sounds like whatever was wrong with Trent Williams is, uh, you know, much worse than he he's been letting on, and that if he were a normal human being, he probably wouldn't have played. So can um, we can we just stop there for a second because there's a lot of yeah. like in yeah. offensive line health stuff. Trent Williams needs surgery on his knee, and he mm-hmm. can't practice, but he's going to gut it out for like three months and play professional football. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> I know, like warrior talk gets thrown around, but you can throw it around with Trent Williams in this instance. That's that's just crazy. Oh, so let me be let me be negative about it for a second, mm-hmm. though, because we saw Morgan Moses come out of the game at least twice, come back in twice. Uh, we saw uh, we saw all these guys on the offensive line trying to gut through injuries and often then injuring themselves further. Is he setting a standard that like? These other dudes are trying to live up to, and it's going to get everybody killed. Yes. Like, I think, I don't know about the, the killing. I don't know if there's going to be actual casualties. Now we're taking the well, warrior be... talk a little far. Fair. Uh, but Fair it point. felt like it last night. I mean, it was like injuries and penalties. That's what that football game did for like a long stretch. <laughs> it, was in, it was a ref show, like the whole first half. And it was like every other play, dudes were getting carried off, carted off. Uh, the Redskins had Trent Williams playing with a knee that needs surgery coming in. Spencer Long went out. Uh, Morgan Moses rolled an ankle, came out, came back in, rolled another ankle, and came out. <laughs> Not sure that he was able to return from that. When you're like 330 pounds and you roll an ankle, like that just can't be great. And then when you have two... I mean, I, I've done that in like basketball and I'm like, I, I'm good. I'm not going to be playing basketball for another month. <laughs> he came right back in and rolled yeah. the other one. And for those who haven't seen you, you are not a 330 pound man. No, just, no. I'm just, just to be clear. 200 soaking wet. <laughs> uh, you also, you forgot the big, possibly the biggest one or the second biggest one, which is Brandon Sheriff going out. I, I just hadn't um, gotten to it yet. There's so many. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We ran. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to Four step on Four fifths of the offensive line. There. Four fifths of the offensive line like should not be playing at this point. A higher percentage of the offensive line is injured than Kirk Cousins completed passes last night, which is saying something. Because Kirk the Cousins, off- the offensive line's QB rating is like one thirty-four. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, the, the, that's what we need to do. We need to go the other way. We need to apply QB rating to everything across the board. Um, the, so yeah, so the offensive line, as we've said, is destroyed. Uh, it was ba- it was banged up going into the game. It was annihilated coming out of the game. You're playing from behind. I'm willing to give a little bit of slack on the number of rushing attempts and, and, and the, you know, the game flow for the rushing play calls. But what was done with those rushing attempts was, I mean, is unremarkable uh, a fair way of putting it. Yeah. Well, also they had so many third and short opportunities that they tried to pass for the first down that came up empty. I mean, they just could not stay on the field in short yardage. I yeah, but this, I, they're trying to make these runs with you know Robert Kelly, um, that is his name, right? I've already forgotten his name. Fat Rob uh, with yeah. Chris, yeah, Fat. We get old Fat Rob with Chris Thompson. I mean, Rob Kelly to me is there's and Kirk Cousins are kind of similar um, in that I think they are both guys who, if everybody around them was great they could totally be really solid NFL mm-hmm. contributors, but I'm just not sure that either of them uh, is the one who can step up uh, and lead this squad. But it's a good thing that we have that leadership and playmaking ability in the wide receiver. Group, right? Hold on before, hold on before we get to <laughs> the wide receivers. Can we just back up the share for a minute? Cause I mean, he might be out for a while. I think, I don't yeah. know. I, something with the knee, like it, maybe an MCL. I think he was getting an MRI, whatever. I, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I do know, however, that when he was laying there on the field, the Monday Night Football camera, the ESPN Monday Night Football camera had that like that, you know, was on like the trapeze where it goes out across the field and is like directly uh-huh. hovering above the injured player's face. 
and he's just laying there. The, like the medical staff is looking at his knee. He's like just looking like he's in pain, not quite agony, but you can tell like he's going through some stuff like in, inside some emotion. And just out of nowhere, he goes, fuck, <laughs> like right on ESPN. <laughs> it was hilarious, but also like, oh, well, yeah, I think he's hurt pretty badly. Yeah, it was. I was. It made me wish that audio gifts uh, were a thing because you would be able to use that one for all time for eternity. Yeah, um, it, it, a little too up close and personal with some of the ESPN, like a little overzealous <laughs> camera operation. Like there was another point where um, who was on the sideline? One of the Redskins. It wasn't Minuski, I don't think. It was the uh, defensive coordinator. I'm totally blanking on his name, which is embarrassing. Who's the defensive coordinator's name? He was no Minuski's the coordinator. Tom Sula is the line coach. Oh, right? yeah, then it was Minuski. I'm sorry. I I, yeah. I mixed those two because they're just like the ultimate football guys. Uh, but it was yeah, Minuski, like on a knee, guys. looking at like the tablet, like jotting down notes, like really intensely, like trying to fix this defense. And the camera mm-hmm. was like six inches from his face, and he, he looked at it like, "Are you serious?" And back yeah. to the tablet. It was completely distraction for him. I could tell. <laughs> It was. It really looked like the scene in the movie where the guy, you know, wait a second, I've got something, and he's like really furiously scratching away. He's a big guy with glasses on. I, I liked that moment. I, it was a little intrusive, and it probably didn't help him any, but I enjoyed it. It was narratively really fulfilling. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the broadcast later because I got lots of Gruden guys, lots of Gruden notes. <laughs> um, oh, good. <laughs> okay, but let's get to the receivers. Uh, the shit parade. That has been the receiving <laughs> core for 2017 continued last night. Uh, so we, you and I, uh, we've gone back and forth a little bit on Terrell Pryor, uh, but I, I like to think we were ahead of the game on the, hey, maybe he shouldn't be out there uh, train, which the coaches uh, helpfully joined this week by just not not playing Terrell Pryor very much at all uh, in the first half and then uh, minimally in the second half. Yeah, I, I didn't I don't know that I had a prior sighting in the first half. I think he was out there. I saw something on Twitter about like snap counts. I think he was out there for like ten plays or something. But Doxon got the start over Pryor. Pryor was a little more present in the second half. There was also some like some like tweets from like JP Finley, I think, and others where it's like, you know, Pryor's not looking happy on the sidelines, that sort of stuff. And it's like, oh good. Good. Well he's not gonna produce in the field. At least he can be a distraction off of it. Uh, came in the second half. First pass, and this is garbage time, so it didn't really matter. Now it's more for like our own personal like amusement and aggravation. Uh, first pass to him, like it's kind of like an you know sideline route, like low kind of sliding catch, but very catchable ball. Like my seven year old Miles makes that catch right <laughs> through his hands, right through his hands. First target, drop number one. Way to go, Terrell Pryor. I'd like to give you uh, some sort of award. I feel like we need a podcast award for the one of the most classic overreactions, which is the my seven-year-old could have done that uh, <laughs> overreaction. That right. was really some vintage stuff right there. Look, I'm not um, a football yeah. guy. You know, I just got to go from my own personal experience. <laughs> That's pretty much the extent <laughs> of it is throwing passes to my seven-year-old. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I – I, I want them to – if prior is going to be this bad, and, and let's realistically, given the number of injuries and the fact that you're going to have to – some of those guys you're not going to be ready to put on IR, so some of them will just be inactive, uh, which means, uh, you know, I, I, my point is I would make prior inactive and find another offensive lineman somewhere. I would have him join the injured parade of inactives is what I'm driving at here. Ooh, that's a good overreaction. I like that. Thank you. I had, Thank I you. Hadn't I heard really make prior inactive. I, I heard some. I, I, there was some chatter about like trade him for Martavis Bryant or whatever. To ooh, the Steelers. that's a good one. That's another good that's one. Good but one. I like I like the yeah. inactive because that's just a total fu. You know, he's on a like one year the, deal. <laughs> I like the prior for Bryant because that's really uh, you're, essentially that's like the NBA trade where you're just getting out of a contract because I, I don't I don't think Martavis Bryant's got a few years left, whereas yeah. prior. The, the whole game to the Steelers would be like they could take him and then he'd be off the books. Uh, I, I like that one. That's, let's do that. <laughs> well, of course, Brian, Brian's also – I think he was like tweeting or Instagramming this week about how like he's better than Juju Smith, whatever his name is, who is like sure, a, sure. a rookie who's had a little bit of success. So let's bring but that imagine, guy in. <laughs> imagine how much he'd like playing behind Ryan Grant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we move off the wide receivers – Ryan Grant pissed me off so much. Like back when I cared about this game, like the first drive of the game, they come out, they march down the field like 80 yards are in the red zone. It's like third and eight. Cousins hits Grant for like seven yards. Grant's got a little room to run. 
And instead of like just lunging for the first down, he like tries to turn it up field and falls like a yard and a half short of the first down. I was just like, Ryan Grant, you're not supposed to take yards off the table. That's like the entire appeal of you is that you will catch the ball and take what is given. And I, whatever, it's a minor point that I'm making way too. I'm overreacting. Well, yeah, but oh, so who do we blame? There were a number of third down plays because they didn't convert a third down until what, the, the third quarter or the fourth quarter? Uh, they didn't convert a third down in the first half. I think they converted, um, I think they started converting third downs after I lost satellite signal due to a big storm here. But at that <laughs> point, the game was over, so I didn't really give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nope, you you did not miss much. I would rather have watched the uh, DirecTV freeze screen. Um, but who do we blame for the third down plays that were drawn up just short of the sticks? Or was Cousins checking down to people short of the sticks? Or were wide receivers breaking off their routes? What, 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 who are we going to blame for that? Let's blame someone. Snyder. Um, okay, sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess Gruden. I mean, he's the he's the head coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He's the play caller. He's the he's uncle a, of the strength and conditioning coach. Deuce, shout out to Deuce Gruden. Deuce Gruden got some some time last night, some screen time. He did. Got that he did. almost FaceTime. Yeah, he 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 and Julie Ertz were battling for uh, most relative FaceTime on on, this, on Julie the Ertz. I, I was unaware. I, I I'm not enough enough of a US WNT uh, head to know that Julie Ertz was married to Zach Ertz. I was not either, but I have to admit, I'm now that is makes me incrementally more excited to watch the uh, women's national team. Um, on the receivers, Doxon got the start. He had like a couple nice plays. Crowder was a little more active early. Neither one of them put up many numbers. We'll come back to Crowder in the special team segment. Um, Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed sighting had a lot more action yeah. tonight than previous weeks. Uh, two touchdowns again. You know. A lot of garbage time action. Eight catches, 64 yards. Um, so that was nice to see. I don't know how healthy he is. Every time he gets tackled, I expect that to be like his last play of, of the evening. Um, <laughs> Vernon Davis. All Vernon Davis does is make big plays. Like two, He had two 30-yard catches in the first half. I, I mean, his uh, yards per catch for a tight end are, are insane. I'm going to look that up while you talk. Yeah, he's been, he's been doing great. I will say that Vernon Davis has shown a real proclivity for – making inexplicable cuts usually like yes usually he's already like 30 yards into the play but you'll be like oh man if he just keeps going he'll hit the end zone and he inexplicably does like a spin move it's like like when you're playing madden and you accidentally hit the button and and the guy jukes and then gets tackled that's what vernon davis has been doing it's making me kind of sad on jordan reed while you're looking up vernon davis's numbers uh the, the problem i had with jordan reed is that while he put up some statistics what he didn't do was any Jordan Reed stuff. You know, he made the plays that he that were, went his way. He looked solid, but he was not, you know, the superstar that Jordan Reed has been in the past. So I'm with you. Uh, probably not healthy there. I was I was just happy to see a pulse. I mean, he just had he hadn't been much a big part of the offense this season. He had ten targets last night, eight catches, sixty four yards. Vernon Davis, twenty yards a catch. Also, his catch rate on eighteen targets, fifteen catches. Um, and it, which is not much different than last year in terms of his catch rate. I mean, he's getting more yards per catch, but yeah, Vernon Davis continues to be a revelation. And I feel like back to the, back to the unnecessary jukes, <laughs> like he's known as being like a beast, like super fast, super strong. Just run, man. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep going. Well, I think he's reached the point at where he is now. He's well aware that he's entering the sort of, crafty veteran stage of his career mm-hmm. so uh he he doesn't want to continue playing the way he did when he was a younger man and could just power through things but i i just think that he's overthinking things out there and you know just i'm with you just run man we we, we love you but just just run all right well while you gather your overreactions for the defensive side of the ball uh i'd like to say a few words about our sponsor mr elvin podcast I- is sponsored by Dustin Smith of Pearson Smith Realty, a local real estate agent born and raised in Northern Virginia. Now, he wrote this, so I'm just going to read it straight up. This is I'm not adding any color here. But uh, Dustin Fox will sell your house, but only if you're a Redskins, Caps, Nats, Wiz, or Nats fan. Well, I said Nats twice there. If you're a Cowboys fan, sorry, you're shit out of luck. Call the discount broker. <laughs> But if you're a DMV expert with innovative social media marketing and proven results, call or email Dustin Fox, 703-927-1461, or 
Dustin at PSRCollection.com. That's Dustin with a D. H-T-T-R. I got to say, I'm a big fan of Dustin Fox at Pearson Smith Realty. <laughs> uh, that is one of the more compelling realtor ads I have ever heard in my life. I really, uh, that was remarkable. I, so born and raised in Northern Virginia, he'll sell your house, but only if you like the DC sports teams. Just to repeat, if you're a Cowboys fan, sorry, go somewhere else. <laughs> he doesn't want your That's money. Amazing. He doesn't want your business. If you're, I'm, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb. If you're an Eagles fan, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's probably a safe bet. Uh, what? What if? You, what do you think happens if you're, for example, uh, I don't know, a Tampa Bay fan? What are his thoughts on that? Do you suspect? I think he'll take your call. And again, okay, Dustin, not afraid to share his number on the Mister Elvin podcast: seven zero three nine two seven one four six one. Email at Dustin. Remember that's Dustin with a D at psrcollection.com. The PSR stands for Pearson Smith Realty. If you want to Google Dustin, uh, he's my favorite realtor, Mr. Relevant Sponsor, keeping us on the airwaves. I uh, appreciate that. Thank you, Dustin. Okay, uh, defense. The secondary was much like the offensive line in that I'm not sure I'm not sure who those guys were that were out there at various points. Uh, other than Bashad Breland. I'll say Breland was awesome. Um and I get the sense with him that like he does not like being the number two corner. He likes being the number one. He was like he was good before Norman got here. He was bad last year, and now Norman's out, and it feels like he's good again. That's an interesting point. Uh, he's really going to excel when he gets the heck out of town as soon as his contract is up. <laughs> right? Does the Fred, I, I don't, the Fred Smoot and gets like the big deal in Minnesota or whatever? Yeah, I don't think he likes being here. Um, uh, possibly for the reasons you mentioned, but yeah, he was good. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, I thought actually was, was, was pretty good. Um, part of that is he, I think was getting picked on because I think he was one of the guys they were throwing at, but I mm-hmm. thought he actually did reasonably well, at least in the start. Um, I mean, if I'm Carson Wentz, you know, if I'm on the Wentz wagon, if I'm Mr. Wentzylvania, if I'm Wentz, the Wentzgician, whatever the fuck we want to call Carson Wentz, I'm going to pick on the guy who, like, was an undrafted wide receiver, you know, who's, like, out there trying to cover <laughs> my big free agent acquisition. You're like, yeah, sure. I'll throw it his way. Look for 47. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what you would do if you were North Dakota tough. Um, because I don't know God. if you know this, <laughs> but Carson Wentz, North Dakota tough. Look, he's from um, North Dakota. I could take that, like, once. Like, the whole thing. Like, okay, it's kind of strange he's from North Dakota. North Dakota's a weird place. None of us know shit about North Dakota. Sure, but like the 18th time that he's North Dakota tough, I start to wonder: like, is everybody from North Dakota Paul fucking Bunyan? Well, so I, I guess I mean Chuck Klosterman, uh, who you know, I guess is a cultural critic. Um, he is from one of the Dakotas or another, maybe I think. Uh, and I've never once heard him mention uh, North Dakota tough, so I am led to believe that that is not a thing because he's cut from our he has talked. He's cut from our cloth cluster. He's like doing podcasts and like whining about minutia. <laughs> yeah. But his first book was all about being from North Dakota. So like you would think if North Dakota tough was an actual thing, he would have mentioned it at least once. <laughs> no, he's too busy writing about like the experience of listening to ZZ top inside of a pickup truck cab. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly apt description. Anyway, uh, back to the, the defense. Um, where are we going to come down on overreacting on DJ Swearinger? What's our official well, here's stance what I say. on that? He, he, I guess he like officially got beat for two touchdowns last night. Uh, but one of them, the 61-yarder to the uh, to Mac Hollins, who then proceeded to do the backpack kid dance, um, <laughs> which I know what that is um, because I have children, is the thing about that play is like Wentz had all day. I mean, all damn day. And that guy pulled like a double move, go route, whatever. The, like, I don't know that we could have expected Swearinger to like blanket him 50 yards downfield after Wins had, you know, plenty of time to throw. Yeah, putting a, putting a safety on the legendary Mac Hollins was clearly a risk. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if, if, you, if Wins is going to have all day, like, that shit's going to happen. And unless you have an exceptional safety, we got Swearinger off the free agent scrap heap. Like this is his third team in two years. Like, I don't know. I think he's decent, but I don't think he's exceptional. Sure. Well, I, it's, well, he seems to be exceptional at like motivating, possibly at hitting at some sort of 
stuff like that. He is not exceptional in coverage. That that was clear. Um, I I still think I'm more or less pro Swearinger. I don't think this was enough, even with overreacting, to make me yeah uh, yeah I'm pro against him. I guess what I'm yeah, saying yeah. is like I'm pro, but I, like I don't know that he's pro bowl. You know, like I think he's no. fine. I think he's better than what we're used to. But like stuff like last night's going to happen. Well, but that brings us back to so the comments on my comments on Cousins, my comments on Kelly. I think when there are players who are whether we as fans hype them up, whether we as media hype them up, whether uh, the team hypes them up, they disappoint because they are good but not great football players. And then there's guys where I think that, you know, hey, Swearinger, he's good. He's, it's nice to finally have a good safety after a long, long fallow period. Um, but I kind of think that all those guys may be on the same plane of quality. It's just how we think about it going into them. Uh, am I making any sense at all? Yes. And it hurts when I think two, like the Redskins only really have like a few players on the defensive side of the ball or just on the entire roster <laughs> that you would say are, are like pro bowl caliber, whatever that means. And on defense, it's like Josh Norman, you'd say Kerrigan. Maybe you have some hope for Jonathan Allen. As well, a- I, I, I will jump in there. I think that last night made Jonathan Allen look like a pro bowler. That's because- exactly what I was going to say. You're missing yeah. two of your top three defensive players probably. Yeah, that's a good point. Against the best um, team in the conference. and Well, maybe the best team in the conference. Like I don't know. The defense did not perform well, but it, it to me wasn't like – so, like beyond the pay. it wasn't what much like much worse than you would have expected going in one thing we've talked about with the defense every week it feels like is that they started fast and they started strong and then they seemed gassed and this happens both on the micro level of the half and on the macro level of the game which makes sense because mm-hmm. the game it's a second half and i keep thinking about how um i don't know if you listen to any of the ringers nfl podcasts but one of their major talking points this season has been that the NFL uh, is unwatchably bad. And one of the things they keep pointing to is the teams like the Patriots in Seattle view September as a, a, an extension of the preseason, as a, a warm-up time, getting used to things, and they deliberately don't start fast. And now they're talking about it on the spectrum of the season, but I keep thinking about it in terms of the game. I think the guys are getting out there, firing all their guns right off the bat, and then running totally out of – well, I said guns, so I guess out of ammunition uh, by the end of the uh, of the half and then of the game. I really think that like Minuski or Tom Sula or somebody gets them super fired up, uh, and then they just run out of energy. <laughs> it's not it's not a bad theory. Um, I think also though, just like not having Josh Norman and Jonathan Allen hurts. <laughs> yes, the, the, <laughs> your weird talent missing from the field theory, I guess, holds some water. Uh, like, you know, because it, it just Norman going out creates this domino effect of like, okay, now Breland's got to be on the on Jeffrey or whoever the number one is, um, and that's a little bit of downgrade from Norman. But then you've got like uh, Kendall Fuller stepping up and replacing Breland, and Fabian Moreau stepping up. I think, I think, I think he might have got hurt too. And Quinn Dunbar, yeah. and suddenly you've downgraded at like every position in the secondary, and you know against Wentz, who either has time to throw or makes time to throw, and a decent receiving core, like that was a that was a, a, a going to be a bad outcome. Uh, you, you knew that going in. Um, good moments though for Kerrigan, um, for Justin yep. Smith, for for twelfth man Ed Hockley, um, <laughs> Zach Brown, <laughs> Zach Brown, I'm just. Zach Brown yeah, had one was... and a half sacks last night. That was nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, but overall, whatever. I think it was about what you'd expect. It was a pretty middling performance against a pretty good team. I think the Eagles might be better than a pretty good team, to be fair. I, I know you were doing your characteristic understatement, but I do think that if this had happened against, I don't know, somebody else, I guess in some perspectives it did happen against the Rams, but it, it didn't feel quite so bad because it, it definitely felt like they were losing to a superior offense last night. Mm-hmm. Um, special teams. Uh, just two things that I wanted to note. One is uh, we have a new kicker. Or at least we have sure a kicker for now. Nick Rose made his first field goal, short one, made all three extra points. I wasn't really paying attention. I assumed he got touchbacks on every kick because kickoffs are Kick. meaningless now. <laughs> Kicked it out of the back of the end zone at least twice that I saw. Uh, you know, by the way, the, the Cowboys had a uh, like a safety kicking for them on Sunday, and mm-hmm. he got two touchbacks. Like, can we just ban kickoffs? 
Like, I don't know. You, maybe you could elect to do an onside kick. How about that? You could do that in a desperate moment, but just ban kickoffs. We're really just, it's just enabling the NFL and, and its broadcasters to have an extra commercial break at this point. That's really the only well, thing. I'm, yeah, but we need those commercials. Um, okay, so Nick Rose, welcome. Uh, Fine. Yep, James, hello. Jameson Crowder. Like, like so the, his first two muff punts this season were basically just muffed punts. He just dropped the punt. Yep. This one was he fielded the punt, uh, you know, credit to you, <laughs> Crowder, for catching the ball. And then he totally the, the ball totally popped out on contact. Uh, and yeah. thankfully it was recovered by another skin special teamer. But Crowder now, one of the, seemingly one of the more reliable guys coming into the season, especially in that regard. Three fumbled punts in six games. It's crazy. Yeah, on the one hand, I would I would say I don't know how you can keep putting him back there, but on the other hand, who is who who's the next punt returner on the roster, and is he right. healthy? Right. Because uh, I suspect he's not. I suspect it was one of the defensive backs. Um, I mean, maybe by the time you activate every practice squad wide receiver uh, that you have, um, you could get to some. I I have no idea. I have I have no idea how they solve that because it's one of those things where a guy gets it looks to me like one of those things where the guy gets the yips or the guy just can't can't be trusted doing it anymore man it's really uh it's yeah. not fun to watch i mean i think you stick with him because i think he is like a, a as much as anyone on that offense at the skill positions like a part of the future and i, I don't see the point in like pulling him out shaking his confidence i don't know i, I would just stay i would just stay with it and treat this as more of a, a kind of like small sample, you know, thing that is not going to carry over into the future. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely, you definitely have to ask the question after three fumbles in six, seven games, like, should we keep doing this? Um, thankfully, you know, in this game it was recovered, but I mean, that's, that's going to cost you. Um, let's move on the, let's see, what else do we have? We have the broadcasts, we have the referees, um, just on the referees. Could you, could you guess at hockey Lee's age for me? Wow. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I was wondering last hmm. night, I Googled this. All right. I'm going to go. Uh, part of it is he's, it feels like he's been around forever. I mean, is he, what is he 60? I have no idea. I've literally no idea. I don't remember an NFL without Ed hockey Lee. I'm not sure what year this is for him. So you're guessing 60. Yeah. He's 78. No, I'm kidding. He's 66, no. 66 years old. 66 Thank God. Years old. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's a spry looking 66 year old man. I know. I mean, it's just like he's always it's always been like a running, you know, gag like that he's this jacked referee, but he's not just a jacked referee. Like he's a jacked 66 year old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Also, it's it's unusual for a, a bit part character actor at the age of sixty six to decide to take over the starring role in a long running program like Monday Night Football. But I mean, <laughs> when you got that hockey league around, that's what he can do. Um, that was unbelievable. The the Eagles. I, I think this got lost in one of our our many uh, attempts at, at pulling this podcast together. But the Eagles had penalties called on them on their first what four plays or something. I mean, Ed Hockley was determined to make an entrance in this game, let you know he was here, make a statement. It was really just an impressive artistic showing from him. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things that had like a profound impact be- beyond like actual you know quantifiable analysis it was kind of like the career of like bo jackson or robert griffin the third in that like if you were there for it you know what we're talking about but if you just <laughs> to look back at the numbers like i mean there was only you know 14 total penalties last night that said like the refereeing really like seemed to dictate the game especially in the first half yeah i mean the, the refereeing is why we were i think is why we were able to fool ourselves into thinking that the redskins could keep this close early because it totally negated the the first uh, philadelphia drive which i know ended in an interception and not because of a penalty but it it certainly put them wrong footed them right out of the gate um, I think if they had been able to make that drive, maybe we would have seen this for the blowout that it was destined to become, no matter what the score is. Um, but thank you, Ed Hockley, and uh, you know the Ed Hockley Show for giving us a little hope there. Well, I, the part of the Ed Hockley Show I enjoyed was ESPN showing a screen grab of Hockley and Deuce Gruden. Deuce Gruden, whatever he is for the Redskins, strength, conditioning coach, Mr. Relevant podcast favorite. He looks like he's like... 
four foot four, two hundred eighty pounds of pure muscle. He's like, yeah. he's like, um, not the Hulk, but what is the character from like the Avengers? The Thing. Yeah, he looks yeah. kind of like the, the Thing. The, he, well, I mean, he's he's a four I'm, foot four cube. Essentially. Well, now now I'm in your territory. By the way, how badly did I capture yeah. the Thing? Like, who? What super group is he from? <laughs> so he's from the Fantastic Four. which oh, is yes. close. Got it. Close to the Avengers, but you know, I, I really admire the effort. It's uh, and is it I, the I like thing or just movie. thing? It's the thing. Um, okay. And I think in I don't even know if they went with that in the movies. I think in the movies he may have just been good old Ben Grimm. But okay. um, yeah, yeah, that's a, it's and it's a good description. It's a good description of Deuce Gruden. Yeah. Um, I did like that this time they acknowledged that Deuce Gruden uh, was related to John Gruden and not just Jay Gruden. Um, but <laughs> midway through last night's broadcast, uh, my wife was like why does John Gruden keep referring to Jay Gruden as Jay Gruden? Like, does he think he's fooling us? Keep um, pro. Well, but so where do you fall on this? Because they, they made it clear this. I actually liked the times that they made it clear. Like, yes, it's my brother. They did the bid on their weight. They did the bid on their personality differences. Um, I think you kind of have to steer into it, but then you've got him out there being like, well, that's a, that's a tough call for Jay Gruden. And it's like, um, okay. Well, here's the, here, here's, here's what bothers me about it. I don't really bother. It doesn't bother me that they're brothers and whatever his, that his, you know, he may be partial or whatever. I just wish he would tell us something we don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> you know that he knows shit about the Redskins. That is not common knowledge. That could also be shared in a way that doesn't like compromise their ability to compete. Like, just oh, I thought, give us some insight. I thought you meant something totally different. I thought you were going to be like, uh, you know, this guy, let me tell you about his junior prom. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, in like the Tony Romo sense, in that like Romo is such a re- revelation as a broadcaster because he's telling you stuff that you know that like Troy Aikman knows, but Troy Aikman keeps it so vanilla. And there's this veneer of like, I'm not going to say anything interesting ever. Whereas like Romo would like tell you stuff from the play design the thought the Kubi star process like you learn stuff why couldn't john gruden do that when he's calling a jay gruden game or any game for that matter but especially one where his brother's the head coach yeah i mean i i think he thinks he's trying to do that on one of the eagles touchdowns i think it was the last one he really broke down the play call it was you know triple was a trip something i whatever he he did his like you know, more nuts and bolts mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. Um, which is where I think people like him. Uh, he seems to have really steered into uh, a kind of John Maddeny role of, of a guy who plays a character and yeah. does a bit and has his fallback lines and, and just hasn't, hasn't gone that route. Um, I really, yeah, it's, it's a disappointment. Well, I will say there was one moment where I felt like he broke character. You mentioned it earlier in passing, which is that like talking about, Jay Gruden's weight loss and mm-hmm. how Jay Gruden has lost. You know, Sean McDonough was kind of doing like, you know, your brother's lost 30 pounds. He's eating, you know, fruits and veggies, blah, blah, blah. And kind of just like, again, like a very, you know, very fine, like broadcast sheen over the whole segment about Jay Gruden's weight loss. And then John Gruden is like, you know, he's taught me a thing or two about eating too. You know, I'm losing weight. He's like doing the thing where you kind of like, you know, shows his loose, you know, pants. Yep. And, and you kind of look at the camera and you kind of dawn on him like, this is heartfelt. Like, thank you, brother. You know, and it was just so yeah. nice. It was just like such a nice, relatable moment. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. In a podcast full of me dropping F-bombs and just generally not feeling good about things, that was a nice moment. I, I liked I liked that he also then followed it up with oatmeal every morning. That was a thing to behold. Uh, let me Let me – double down on my Sean McDonough is one of the most boring play-by-play guys on the air right now uh, okay. take, which uh, I don't know much more to it than that. Cause he doesn't deserve much more than that. He is dull. He is dull as dishwater to listen to. Uh, and he accomplishes nothing for me. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would you prefer Tariko? Do you think Tariko's better? <sighs> Gosh, that's a great question. I think I would because I think Tariko is better at the fundamentals of play-by-play. I think he does a better job describing the play, um, explaining what's going on, giving you the crucial information you might want. Um, whereas I, I think McDonough just I, – I don't, I don't even know. He's just I, making mouth noises. Okay, so I can ag- agree it, in the way that like I can watch a whole – like I watched that whole game last night and I don't think I noticed Sean McDonough once. So if that is like – 
your metric as a play-by-play man or as a umpire or referee or offensive lineman. Like, just don't do, be noticed because the only thing people notice you for is the bad things. Like, he's fine. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I, I, I hate to do the classic uh, booth guy. Uh, you know, I, we talked about it, but, but when I, I did a story with Grant Paulson on some – oh, when he was um, becoming – the Washington Valors play-by-play guy. And I did, I talked to him about what he thinks makes a good play-by-play guy. And he, he alluded to that invisibility. You don't want to become what people are watching. He didn't say it, but I don't think, but, but, you know, like Gus Johnson obviously wants to become uh, the, the story, the voice that people are hearing. And he's really overdramatic about it, but you do want to help the people. I think you want to be remembered like Pat Summerall did, did nothing uh, too distinctive. You can, I have friends who will happily do a, a nice Pat Summerall impersonation, but like most of what he was really good at was calling a game well, and you remembered it. You did not leave it thinking who called that game or what was that guy's name or what did he say? You just sort of were left with the sense of a game that the broadcaster had helped you with. And I don't think McDonough does that. Fine. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> One other moment that I just want to mention. It's not it's not really a Redskins moment or an overreaction, but uh Jason Peters left tackle for the Eagles went down. He's like 35-year-old, you know, nine-time pro bowler, I think it was. Uh and had to be carted off. I don't think I've ever seen so many players like both sides showing love for a guy who wasn't like gruesomely injured. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Agreed. Like, it was notable in that like everyone was coming out you know, to give him a pat on the back or whatever, you know, like Trent Williams was right there. You could see like Scherf was like out on the field. Like I feel like the Eagles entire roster, they had to like stop the game to like respect Jason Peters. And I'm not saying that in like a complaining sort of way. I'm saying it with like, yeah, I respect it too. That was actually a pretty cool moment. Yeah, that was a good moment. Although part of me wondered if Trent Williams like limped on out there and was like, wimp as they put the air cast on you know <laughs> like i would play through that yeah um, you, you, you should have just been like could you could you uh can you slide over i need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> i need yeah. surgery like now <laughs> put, put me on that card also yeah. i'm gonna catch a ride with you um one thing we haven't talked about i don't think at all this season i don't think uh, are you getting the paisanos commercials down there uh I, I don't recall one. The commercials for me are like Sean McDonough. I don't I don't notice them at all. Okay, no, no, no. You would notice this. The new. It's. Have you read about it? Or oh, anything? oh, I've heard about these. It's kind of like the new Eastern Motors, right? Like yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah, them. I don't know what they. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a series of um, Washington athletes, ex athletes, you know, announcers. Craig Lachlan's there, like uh, with the slogan being "What you want," which they spell out on screen as W H A T C H U. Uh, want. What you, what you um, yeah, yeah, exactly. For I guess, and then they many of them will call out what they're eating. Ryan Kerrigan's like, I got my steak and cheese. What you want? And then he sort of points as if he's throwing it to the other player who clearly was filmed in like a separate country, uh, in a different room. And it's I mean, it's, it's deliberately steering into the Eastern Motors thing, but it just feels weird that we've gone uh, you know six games, seven weeks into this season and haven't mentioned it once because if this were two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know if you would have been pro or con, uh, but but you would have had some serious thoughts on the topic of these Paisanos commercials. Well, it sounds to me like a little bit too much like manufactured like buzz, you know? Yes. Like it's too intentional. Whereas Easterns was like goofy, you know, it was a very original. <laughs> it had Clinton Portis prominently involved, whereas like Ryan Kerrigan is like kind of the Sean McDonough of of like local uh pizza chain endorsers is a pizza is it a pizza chain yeah pizza pizza and subs uh well so some of the other people in the commercial include and i'm doing this off the top of my head so apologies for all the people i'm sure i will miss but um uh it's got it's got brian mitchell uh somewhat inexplicably uh craig lachlan terrell Pryor, and we reached the point last night where terrell Pryor's presence uh provides the most uh, delightful comedy out of everything because you're like, oh look, it's the fifth string wide receiver on a team whose top wide receiver <laughs> caught three passes. Um, it's like, it's like where, where are all the toppings on that? Oh, he dropped it. 
Yeah, you know, and and he's new to town, so it's not like he's been a lifelong Paisanos fan and was like, oh, so excited to do this bit. And it just seems like such a miscalculation. Um, So, yeah, my point is it is dreadful, but it's becoming better uh, as the team. The the games where the team looks worse, the commercial looks better uh, is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, it feels like to me they should have they would have done better if they just brought back like all the kind of goofy redskins characters from the past like like portis and smoot you know because everybody <laughs> recognizes those dudes and they are like just high entertainment value and they probably would have come cheaper <laughs> you know like they're probably. not making eight million dollars this year like wonder, what is fred smoot uh what is he doing these days I, I have no idea wasn't he supposed to like open a waffle house in dc at one point how'd that i don't know if that venture ever happened I don't know if that ever was actually happening or if it was just the kind of thing that like somebody just made it up. We all talked to Dan Steinberg about it and was like, yeah, guys, I always wanted a waffle. I mean, Uh, Steins, Kingmaker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so, so I wanted to mention the Paisanos commercial for sure. Um, But other than that, there was nothing else memorable in the broadcast. Was there? Did, Uh, Did we miss anything? No. And I got, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning that this is Dallas week. So the skins are three and three. Uh, I don't think we're looking at the division anymore, but in that very like murky middle third of the NFC, that is, there's like 10 teams competing for the wild card. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm certainly not going to say that this seventh game is a must win when you're in that, in that mix, but you got Dallas this week, then at Seattle next week. I really don't think anybody is going to expect a win. Like we probably lose nine out of 10 at Seattle. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, done, I haven't yeah. done the math. I haven't done the math, but, but they're not going to win in Seattle. No, those numbers sound about right to me. Um, so I just feel like this is one of those games that if unless unless we go on one of those like patented like recent vintage Redskins late season runs where we get to like nine and seven and a wild card, um, we kind of need to beat Dallas. I, yeah, I agree. I think we said, or I said in the preseason, how much I don't feel like sitting through another one of those late season runs. Um, I, I just, I, I'm just, it's so, it's like my whole thing about calling the tie, you know, the, the, the eight, seven, one season, a winning mm-hmm. season. Like mm-hmm. I'm tired of getting into the playoffs because, you know, Arizona lost the last week and Seattle pies and, you know, some, I'm just, I'm just sick of it. So yes, uh, I, it's a must win. And yes, we're looking for the wild card mix, but it would be really nice to win the wild card cleanly yeah. and not, not do it that way again. Well, I guess, I mean, I think the last three Redskins playoff runs, which were 2015, 2012, before that, it was like, what? Oh seven, oh yeah. five, something like that. Maybe the last four, the skins have been like five and six yeah. <laughs> in, in each of those seasons and somehow got to like 10 and six or nine and seven. And I, you know, so it's like, if you lose this game, you pretty much have to go on one of those runs because if you lose this game, you're probably going to lose to Seattle and you're going to be three and five at the midway point. Yep. And, yep. and that means you've got to go six and two just to get to nine and seven. I don't know. It it just, if if you have playoff hopes, you really need to beat Dallas this week. The one thing I will say counter to that is that uh, the injury situation appears right now to be so bad that, you know, the team they are in three weeks could be very different and maybe could go on a substantial run. um, Even if the, whatever, you know, scab team they put out next week uh, can't beat Dallas. Well, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of hypotheticals. I mean, that's, that's a big factor. I feel like if you're four and four with eight games left and you've got guys like Josh Norman returning and maybe the <laughs> offensive line is, you know, back in some reasonable shape, then it's like, you know what? We can go five and three. You know, we got a lot of toss up games on the schedule. We can get to nine and seven. But uh, yeah, I, 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 would, I would just, I would like to be in the mix in December. So beat Dallas. That's all. Yeah, I agree with that. And let's also say, uh, as as part of that, that the at three and three with the two losses to the Eagles look like legitimate losses to one of the top teams in the league. And you know, to be honest, and at uh, the other City. loss was at Kansas City, which is kind of the same thing. And I think 
You know, we talked about it at the time that that felt like an okay loss. So they have yet to lose one of those really, really characteristic Redskins games of just outright blowing it to, you know, that would have, the, the Redskins right. we're thinking of would have lost to San Francisco. Would have lost <laughs> to the Redskins, we, very, sure. we very nearly lost it. I'm still reeling from thinking that we are going to lose in the waning moments of that San Francisco game. Um, to be totally honest with you, I forgot that we hadn't lost to San Francisco and I thought everybody saying that we're three and three was wrong. I'm like, but no, we lost twice to Eagles, yeah, once feel, to Kansas City, I, I, once yeah, to San honestly, Francisco. 500 with like the schedule they've had, playing Philly twice and Philly being so good, playing, you know, at LA and LA actually being so good. The Rams point differential is the best in the NFL. They're at like plus yeah. 74. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's absurd. Um, yeah. You know, just pounding Oakland. Like I'm, I'm fine with three and three. The injuries are, are troubling. Um, but yeah, first, you know, despite last night, I, I, I think I'm fine with the season to date. All right. Anything else before we jump? Nope, I'm good. Thank you, Jamie. Well, thank you, Matt. And thank <laughs> you to Dustin Fox of Pearson Smith Realty. Remember, if you're buying or selling a house and you're a Redskins, Caps, Nats, or Wiz fans, just give them a call. 703-927-1461. If you're a Cowboys fan, just get the fuck out of here. Um, and yeah, give them a call. Send them an email. Uh, Dustin at PSRcollection.com. Otherwise, he's going to be like, why am I sponsoring this podcast? Like literally no one is listening. <laughs> literally no home buyers in the DC area are listening to the Mr. Elvin podcast. I'm going to take my money back. So at least give him an email and just like, like act like you're in the market, you know, for me, uh, please. I, I like that he gets this read at the very end because I'm sure a lot of people with the cash on hand to buy a house have listened to a full, you know, whatever, 50 what minutes it? of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, my day job is I'm like selling t-shirts on the internet and we could send like 10 people into our online store and maybe like one or two of them will buy a shirt that costs like $24. We're talking about the lead generation we're talking about right now is like four people that listen to a podcast. <laughs> like how does those four people, how many are in the market to buy a home and how many actually will buy a home through Dustin Fox? What I'm saying, Dustin, is we're not going to help you at all. We're not going to help your business. <laughs> There's just, it's not, this is not worth your time and energy to, to you know, spend money sponsoring the podcast. But Hopefully, if you're listening out there, you'll send us an email and convince them otherwise. Yeah, I mean, and if you do uh, buy a house because you heard about it on this podcast, please let him know because I'm deeply curious and would like to hear. You know, Dustin didn't offer this, but I'm just going to throw it out there to our listeners. Coupon code Mr. iPod for 20% off your new home. (laughs) 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 That joke was so funny to me, I couldn't even get through it. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a good bit. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting. Well, I, I look forward to the day when MeUndies lets us say that only Redskins fans who want to wear MeUndies should use our coupon code or whatever. Um, just to be clear, there is no 20% coupon code at Dustin Fox's yes. place of business. Uh, but it'll help you out if you're a Skins fan. Um, all right, that's it, Terrell. Uh, this was way too long, and that's all right because I had fun doing it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Our, read, our listeners can read you in the city paper, follow you on Twitter, and hear you right here next week after we beat Dallas.